All right. Uh, Ryan's not here. If you guys didn't get it, I just pressed record on that. I hope you're in focus. I hope you're in focus because right now I'm not focused. As you can see, got a lot of stuff going on here. I'm uh, alone in the house. I do have my dogs, but uh, you know, I don't think I combed my hair this morning. I did shower. I've got like some loafers on, no socks. I don't know what the hell's going on. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Didn't even say that to open it up unless Ryan just switched it. Crazy times, but everybody's talking about it, and there's just, uh, let's not be redundant. Let's just get into it, huh? This is just what it is. This is how we're living. I suggest we all have a routine because right now, uh, my routine's effed, and I notice a big difference in my attitude, um, my mindset. If I don't wake up and have something to do, motivated to do something, working out, or walking, or reading, or writing, or something, I'm fucked. Do you understand me? I'm effed. Let's not use the F-bomb. Let's try not to use the F-bomb. But uh, I'm, look, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited that I can go in this room and just start talking. And hopefully someone's listening. And you are listening. I want to thank all of you for subscribing and listening to Inside of You. A lot of you since the beginning. Um, and I just, you know, I miss Ryan. Hi, Ryan. I, one day you'll be back here. But uh, for now, I'll just uh, pretend you're Wilson, the ball from uh, Castaway. But, uh, you know, please subscribe on uh, YouTube. We are now filming all of them. We put a lot of cash into it. Ryan's busting his ass editing them, which is not easy. And uh, we're giving it to you. So you got the video to watch. Make sure you subscribe. Push the little bell to notify you every week so you can watch the episodes. And uh, I know some of you aren't working. Some of you are. So uh, continue to listen on audio, Spotify, Apple, whatever you're listening to. I appreciate the hell out of you. I really do. And my patrons, I can't say enough. I've been doing these live uh, Instagrams, uh, Insta Lives. I've been doing the Facebook Lives. I'm not doing the TikTok. I just can't get into it. I don't know. Maybe one day. I just can't. I just It's too overwhelming for me. I just don't get it. I don't need to make a 15-second funny video. So everybody goes, oh, my God, it was funny. And just why? I mean, just too much. I think what's happening is there's so many things. It's just like people are just not connecting at all. So I think that's part of the this this uh, this show. I just want to connect. I want to connect to you. I want to connect to people. And I want to talk about stuff, hopefully, that you or someone out there can relate to. And, uh, you know, it's weird, like, not being able to do any um, uh, conventions. Um, you're just, you're, we're quarantined, right? I mean, if you're, if you're playing by the rules, if you're doing, if you, you know, we're actually saving lives inadvertently, I think, by doing that. But um, so thank you guys for, for listening. Patreon, I'm on the Cameo. If you want a Cameo, those are fun. Um, but also remember to, there's a lot of homeless people, by the way, that need your help more than anything. Uh, foodonfoot.org really helps. Um, I know Bob Odenkirk, he, uh, he's part of that organization. I'm part of the organization. I'm a club member. Um, Ronald McDonald House, their families need, uh, need food, need uh, meals. Uh, I've, I've done some meals for them, and you can too. So uh, contact Ronald McDonald House wherever you are across the nation and uh, help them out. Because um, it sucks because we can't volunteer, right? We can't be in person, so we have to... In fact, I have all these uh, pizzas delivered. Now they have to have them delivered piece by piece. Like when they deliver it, they have to put each each piece in a Ziploc bag or whatever, separate it all so things are complicated. And 
That's the phone. All my love, by the way, to uh, it's Rob Danson. Should we should we talk to Rob Danson real quick? I mean, we don't have Rob here. Dude, I'm trying. I'm trying to record right now for my podcast. I'm literally recording, so you're on the air. Oh hi. What do you got, buddy? Um. Well, if you're recording, I'll let you go. Uh. Are you not quarantining yourself? Um, I, I just went outside for a little bit. Um, I tried to go. There are these um, uh, pull-up bars right at the top of Mulholland that I was going to because they've closed all the gyms, including my apartment gym. But now there's a big rope around it, and it says that if I go on there, I could get a $1,000 fine or uh, end up in jail for six months. So, wow, a couple pull-ups could cost you some big time, huh? Hard time. Yeah, I mean, that, those are the times we're living in. So, uh, you know, I just got to do my my uh, exercises at home, which is, you know, just push-ups and uh, sit-ups and planks. Um, Masturbating? Well, I, whether there's a pandemic or not, masturbating is essential for mental health. I, I agree with you. This is Rob Danson, by the way. He's a guitarist on Left on Laurel. Uh, he's my guitarist and, uh, now we're doing some stuff on our own that we're rocking out too. So, uh, anyway, uh, Rob, okay. all right, buddy. All right. Stay healthy, buddy. All right. Bye. That was Rob dancing. Nice guest that popped up like that. Um, you know, maybe we could do a little intro with Stephen Amell. No, I don't know. Eh, that's actually fun. Just a little, uh, I wonder that might be a good thing to do. Um, call a special guest in the intro of every episode just to say, Hey. And uh, a little 30-second, minute, two-minute thing, just going, how you doing? How you holding up? They don't have to be here. They could just be on FaceTime, and you could see them. That would be pretty cool. Kind of add to the show. What do you guys think about that? Write in. Tell me. Patrons, I know you will. And uh, anyway, let's. Uh, thank you for the support. Thank you for the love. Uh, Zach Levi, if everything goes right and the world comes back together, we'll be in uh, Austin July 2nd at the North Door. Back-to-back shows. Live podcast. Get your tickets. But that will happen sometime. We're going to get back to normal. But right now, let's get let's get to abnormal with my good buddy. Uh, let's get inside of Nick Swartzon. It's my point of view. You're listening to Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum was not recorded in front of a live studio audience. Dude, why is it that this is the first time I'm seeing you? Since, uh... Since when? Since you've been gone! Since, 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 Um, I don't know. Is it before the summer? I was gone all summer. Then I went to the hospital. And then I <sighs> came back, and then I was away for the holidays. So, yeah, I guess it's been a, a minute, hasn't it? Yeah, we, uh... Cause I think it doesn't la- feel like it, though. No, the last time I saw you, I think I... It couldn't have been when I did your your show, Typical Rick. No. I saw no. you after that. I did the podcast after that. <laughs> that was that long ago? Uh, yeah. Because yeah, you did a podcast, my podcast, probably a year and a half ago when I started it. Yeah. We did it post You were the very Rick. first. Yeah. What, what is RVCA on your hat stamp? Uh, it's Ruka. It's a company out of do, Hawaii. Do they give you money? No, I just I like their stuff. It's comfortable. And, uh, it's, you know, it's very nice. There's so much I want to say. God. Hold it. I mean, you know. Don't talk about it on the podcast. Why not? 
I, I think it's. No, I'm joking. I, I think it's, it's like a, the only time to talk about something. I know. I just think it's important, man. It's just like you know, you're somebody who's got you know. There's so much success. So much. You already looked at your watch. Did you just look at your watch three seconds no, in? No, I moved this to get more comfortable to hear the nice things you were saying. Well, you are. You're a, an extraordinarily talented guy. <laughs> looks at his watch again. I'm joking. I didn't. I didn't the first but, time. But you are. You're. You're funny. I was watching some of your stand up again because I've, I've done stand up with you. I've watched you do stand up. I've watched you just. You're one of those guys who you seem like you're fearless, but there's there's still you know you hide it well. <laughs> I think you've hidden your fear in a lot of ways. Maybe through alcohol. Maybe through, through over the years. Is this how you talk now? Is this like the new mic? No, this is old, man. This is an old mic. I need to get new Good ones. God. No, man. I was, I was just thinking like all these things like that. I psychoanalyze my I, diarrhea jokes. No, but look, I know a lot of shit happened. And the reason why I thought it was like. <laughs> is Nick really talking about diarrhea when he well, says he, that? Here's a Nick Swartzen line. Okay. Would you rather eat cold food fast and not get a brain freeze or eat hot spicy food and not get fire butthole? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's correct. I'm 43 years old. These are the things that I talk about. Do you still eat fast food? I don't eat fast food that much. Uh, I do every once in a while. But I've always like ate really healthy. Even when I was at the peak of my drinking just completely insanity, Like uh, I would be just chugging vodka, and I'd be like, yeah, can I get a salad? <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, five shots of Fireball. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Is that true? Yeah, I would do it all the time. Do you have tofu with that? Does that go good with Jägermeister? Okay, perfect. Perfect. Thank you. You think he's joking, Ryan? This isn't a joke. No, I literally, I would do it all the time, and people would be like, what the fuck? And I would always take, I was this real, like, extreme dichotomy of, I would, I would just, when I drank, it was, I mean, and I had a blast. I loved drinking, and then, I, but I would always take vitamins. I would have all this stuff that I would do, and people would be like, what? And I would take all the all this stuff. Maybe that helped you get through all that at that time. I think it definitely maintained me for a point. For people that don't know, like I quit drinking four months ago. I mean, yeah. Is that the longest you quit drinking? No, I've quit for a while, and so I mean, I've I would drink like half the year, and I I wouldn't drink while I was filming some movies. I did. What movies were you drunk on? I was never like drunk, but if I had a couple days off, we would go drinking. You know what I mean? Me and the cast, and. uh I mean, but I, you learn to, you know, and you know, this is an actor, um, like one, the older you get, the more the drinking really shows up when you're in, uh, your, your twenties, you can go get drunk and show up and be like, ugh, and you can, you don't look like it, but like when, when you're, when you get into your thirties and then forties, it's like, oh, and I remember the first time I noticed that I went out to a party and I was supposed to be. On set, but I didn't. I thought I was off that day, and my assistant was like, "No, I, th I think you're on camera." And I'm like, "No, I don't think I am." And they were like, "No, I, I think I think you are." <laughs> and um, I showed up to set just because I was like, "All right, I'll just whatever." And I showed up, and they're like, "Oh, you're here, yeah, you get in the wardrobe." <laughs> and I was like, "My God," but I wasn't like on where I had lines, but I was on camera. And then they had like a cutaway to me, and I saw myself, and I was like, "Gall, Gollum!" What is, did you just look bloated? Red face. I just looked a little banged up, but uh, it wasn't terrible. But I noticed, you know what I mean. So yeah, you just you you, you the older you get, you don't. I and mean, it's very it. hard to use the term alcoholic. Do you think there's no doubt you are an alcoholic, or is it just you? No, no, I'm the guy who likes to drink, but I could stop and I could do this. Or do you just say, no, I'm a fucking alcoholic? 
Yeah, that's a common question, and I feel like there are different levels of it. So I would say I'm an alcoholic to a degree because I can still, I mean, I just quit cold turkey, and I go to bars almost every day, and I hang out. I go all the time, and I, I have no desire to drink. I don't. None. This time it's different than the others. Yeah, I don't, like, flip out. I never, like, flipped out. I just would be like, oh, I've got time off. Um, you know what I mean? I'd be like, oh, I'm going to drink. So I would just, <laughs> I mean, other people might say, you know, I've got a few days off. I might go golfing. You know, I might I've hit golfed. I've done everything. <laughs> I've done it all. There's but, no but like drinking was better. Drinking was just fun. I just really liked doing it. And then the thing about it is that you get to a thing where I would drink a lot. And then the next day you're really banged up. And then I'd be like, okay, I got to even out. And then you would have a couple drinks, bloody Mary, whatever. And then eat and then whatever and go to have some more drinks or, you know, it would revolve around sports. It would revolve around a lot of stuff. But the the more you do it in a row, the more you have to do it to get even. You know what I mean? So I would just get in these ruts where I was like, okay, I need a couple drinks. And then I would have a couple and then it would always I would just keep going. You know, there was always something to build it around, you know, and then sometimes I just liked day drinking and watching a baseball game you or know a football game or a the football vikings game. or the twins yeah, but or a baseball the... games on every day <laughs> football <laughs> sunday is like kind of everybody's yeah, it's like okay. oh, it's football right. sunday but yeah i would just and i i don't know i really enjoyed it but is is there something usually when i like if i go out let's say i go out for some drinks or if i got in the past especially because i'm not a big drinker now like i'll have a few drinks i'm that guy i could do that but there were those times where i always made bad decisions always why did I go home with that girl? Why did I do that? Why did I, whatever yeah. it was. And that always made me go, you know what? I don't want to drink for a while. And that's, I think what everybody does is we're like, oh, we made a bad decision. So let's stop for a while. And until we get drunk again and make another bad decision, then I'll stop. So <laughs> did you, did you like stop four months ago because of a bad decision? No. So four months ago I was in the hospital. So I was hospitalized. I drank the entire summer by choice, really heavily. So I was like, you know what? I had pitched a TV show in the spring. They didn't get it. And I was like talking to my other creator. And I'm like, I'll just pay for this on my own. I'll just pay for the pilot. And he was like, okay. And he kind of flaked out a little bit. And then I was just really frustrated. And I had the summer off. So I was like, you know what? I'm just tired of the business. I'm tired of so much shit. I'm just going to get drunk every day. I didn't have to film. I didn't have to do anything. I had a handful of shows. And I was like, I'm just going to drink. Shows, stand-up. Yeah, stand-up shows. Right. And so I just did that. I just drank. And then the curveball, which just happens with people, that my sister-in-law died pretty unexpectedly. And then another friend died. And then two friends committed suicide. And that's a real wrench, you know what I mean? Which is an understatement. This so, happened all before or during? It happened during. Well, Brody Stevens killed right. himself beginning of the year. And then my friend Mark killed himself. And that manifested even harder. Because when Brody had taken his life, I was sober and filming. And I, it was awful. But I didn't really like drinking lose it you know i didn't turn to the bottle and then when i drank over the summer with all that death around me and then brody's thing hit again it was just an eye of the storm you know and that's where you don't want to go with if you're drinking or drinking a lot you know sometimes it's cathartic where you just want to numb yourself but there's a balance that you have to find where 
you know, then it gets dangerous. And I went to that territory where I was drinking really heavy and not in a good mindset. Well, I remember just like, I remember seeing on Facebook, I remember seeing Instagram, Twitter, like he's always funny shit. You're always throwing funny shit out there. Wise cracks doing this. Everybody's laughing. Couple zappers. Couple zing zing zangs. But then I see, I noticed it wasn't just one, but there's like, I'm heartbroken, blah, blah. If you or someone you know is suffering from this, please get help, blah, blah, blah. I love you. There were, there were, but there were, there were a few. There weren't like, if there was one, then there was another. Yeah. Then I was like, wow, what the fuck, Swarty? Like, you know, he's got people around him that he really loved and admired dying, and you mix alcohol with that and stuff, and now you're feeling, when you say you're feeling down, was it just like, fuck it, I don't want to be here either. I want to be with them. No, it wasn't like that. It was just the kind of thing where, A, what could I have done? My friend Mark, who drank himself to death, had been battling it for a while, and I had tried to help him through it. And he would hit me up, and he's like, hey, man, I can't stop drinking. And he goes, I've dialed it down. I've scaled it back to beer. I've done this. And I go, you need you need a detox, Mark. He was lived in Florida, and I was in L.A. And I go, you need an assisted detox. You need to find somebody, you know, because you, you should not. It's really a dice roll, and I've done it before when you go cold turkey like that. It depends on how much you drink. But, I mean, me and Mark fucking drank for those of you listening i was drinking easily a bottle and a half of vodka a day a fifth yeah and that's easily and mark was at that level and it's you know if you decide to like you need to take help or break or whatever you you really need somebody to monitor you go that. call turkey you'll die you can go yeah you can die i've been to detox before and they were like alcohol and they said xanax were the two worst come downs on the planet they said those are really really shocking to your system i know that one yeah so yeah. it's like those are really intense anyway you know it just it, it was just hard because i knew mark battled with it you know and it, it was i got the text that he passed and i just couldn't i just lost it and i you know then i just drank and you know i i don't know i was already on i was already drinking so much that, you know i i just couldn't I just decided to drink through it. Well, you just started to feel like, you know, fuck, I, I should have spent more time with him. I should have talked him through it. I should have done that. I always should have, right? Yeah. I mean, I did what I could. There wasn't, you know, I hit, we had another friend and I'd reached out to him because he lived by him, you know? And, you know, we were just heartbroken because we all had battled with it, you know? And it was just, it was just really rough. That one really like hit me bad. Who, who's, the, who's the one guy out of all your friends? Whether I don't know if it's Sandler or it's like you have a lot of famous friends, you got a lot of friends that aren't famous. You, you mix them, whoever you like, you like to be around. That's it. Right. But do you have those friends? Who are those friends that will go, Nick? You're gonna fucking die. I don't want to see it. I love you. You're drinking too much, and really level it. I mean, has anybody intervened or said something or really? Yeah, been- people have all. Yeah, people have all the time. But the thing is, and this is really important too, is people can say all they want. You know what I mean? But if you're drinking, you really have to make that choice yourself. And sometimes it's not your choice. With me, I would have wake-up calls and wake-up calls. And then I'm in the hospital and I have a 10% chance of living. Go there for a second. So, well, let me finish my thoughts. So it really is, you know, people just kind of realize, okay, Nick's going to just do whatever the fuck he wants. Like, you can sit there and go, hey, don't, you know, don't, blah, 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 blah. And, I, you know, I knew all of that. It wasn't, 
it wasn't giving me an epiphany of like, oh, right, I should fucking, you know, I was like, yeah, 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 no, I know, you know, and I, I wasn't drinking alone. I wasn't, you know, there, I wasn't like drinking in the dark, like, uh, I, you know, I was going out and having fun. And so people were kind of torn. So it's like, well, Nick's having a blast. He's hilarious, you know, so it was like, it, it was just a, a really gray area, but so to to have me end up in the hospital, I just had hit a wall and I had, I went on the summer bender and it bled into the fall. Now we're in September and I am in my hotel in Minneapolis and I start throwing up bile all over the place, which is not uncommon. Are you drunk at this point? No, I just woke up and I'm throwing up bile and I'm like, ugh, and I feel a pain in my body and my assistant picks me up to go to the airport and I'm like, hey, uh. I think something's wrong. And he goes, no, you're just hungover, dude. And I'm like, no, no, no. I, I know what a hangover is. You know what I mean? So we get to the airport. I go to the computer to get my ticket. I throw up in the trash can. Then I go to the bar, get a drink. So I'm like, I'll just drink through it. Throw that up. I'm like, fuck. Now the pain's like on fire in my body. So I get on the plane, throw up in the plane, in the bathroom. Then I'm sitting at window seat and I have to puke again. The plane's about to land, so you can't get up. So I just like open my carry on and just do a little side vomit into my carry on. And the guy next to me is on this laptop and he just, I know he sees me doing it and he's just like, so he doesn't look at me. So I just barf. And then uh, I get off the plane and now it's really painful. So again, I go, I'll just drink through it. Cause I was always, I was always like, there's always, if you know, this as a drinker with your anxiety or anything, you feel like shit, you always get to a point. And me and my friends call it um, the, like the magic cocktail where it's like drink three or four where you're like, ah, oh, finally, where your nerves and everything, finally everything hits a plateau and you're like, ah, oh, all right, I'm back. And so I couldn't find that. I kept vomiting. So I call my agent and I'm like, dude, I've got I've to go to the urgent care. Like, this is like bad. And he's like, really? And he, he's been my agent for 20 years. So I go, yeah. So this is like a funny part because life's funny. I, I I pull up urgent care by the Denver airport and I found one that was like a mile away. I'm like, okay, great. And then I noticed that it had one star. I was like, all right. Well, clearly urgent care gets ranked on yeah. stars. Well, first of all, I'm like, okay, clearly they're not urgent about caring. <laughs> they have one star. I'm like, am I going to go in and be like, yeah, I think I drank too much. And they walk out with like a sex change. <laughs> I'm like, no, I have a pussy now. No, I just said I have a drinking problem. Let's show some urgency here. <laughs> So I go to the urgent care and, and the woman goes, oh, my God, you need an ambulance. And I was like, what? And she was like, yes. They call paramedics. Why? Why did she think that? She just, I don't know. Are you green? I don't know what I look like. That's I have no be terrifying. I, I have no idea. I was just like, no, I'm just hung over. And she was like, no, no, no. So the paramedics came and um, the guy looks at me and he's like, whoa. He goes, what's your name? Going through all this stuff. And I answered everything and my hands are shaking and. I go, I just, I've been drinking a lot, blah, blah, blah. And the guy goes, no, I've been on Skid Row for 30 years. He's like, you need to go to the fucking ER. And I'm like, really? And he's like, yeah. And then the other guy goes, were you in grandma's boy? And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not, let's save that right <laughs> this now. This is more important. Important. <laughs> so I go to the ER and I was there four or three weeks. This is how bad it was. Um, are you shitting, by the way? You nervous as hell that they're telling you all these things? Like, what are they seeing that I'm not seeing other than I am throwing up? When I was in the ambulance, I started to kind of go, holy fuck, how did I get myself here? You know what I mean? I was like, I can't believe. 
it got to this point and we go to the ER and they hook me up with morphine and then I was fine. And then my two opening acts, um, like found me somehow through my phone. I must've texted them. I did when I landed and then, um, I texted them when I was going to the ER and so they found me. And they showed up, and then Wait, who found you? My openers, the two comedians that were there. I was in Denver okay, for a okay. gig, and the rest it was just put me on morphine, and then it was flashes, and then out, completely lights out for a week and a half. Then I came to, and then it was just building, just building myself back up, and it was like, I mean, I've been to, I've been through a lot of things. I've been to the ER, I've gotten on IVs, and I'm fine. But this was just way different. So then I, you know, I was released and it was, it was a miracle, truly a miracle. A truly a miracle that you lived? They, the nurse goes, you should have died. She goes, what you had and what you were, your body was going through. She's like, I swear to God, you, sh- you shouldn't be alive. It's crazy that you're alive. And it's from alcohol? It was a, a perfect storm of pancreatitis, pneumonia, blood bacteria, alcohol poisoning, altitude sickness. So five of those things hit my system at once, five. And she goes, you know, you can die from one of those. And all five hit your system at once. And she was like, it's, she goes, I can't believe you're walking out of here. She goes, people come in for quadruple bypass surgeries and they're out in like three to four days for quadruple bypass heart surgeries. You were there for four weeks. Three weeks. Do you remember the names of your nurses? Yeah, Janae. Yeah, I have their, yeah. I was like, if you guys want to come to a show. They, I mean, like, they, yeah. they, they probably know you more than anybody knows you after these three weeks. Oh, it was nuts. Was dude. it embarrassing? Were you? I mean, they told me what I was doing, and I was like, "What? Like what? What were you doing?" Oh, I mean, I was just rocketing diarrhea. <laughs> um, I was, I was hallucinating like that crazy. Sounds- so I was like, my family flies in, and I go, "Hey, what's going on?" And they're like, "Hey," and I go, <laughs> "And this is real. I'm not joking." I go, "God." why did you guys bring all these rabbits? And my sister's like, what? And I go, that's why would you bring all these rabbits? That's like really nice. But I mean, it's a lot. And she was like, there are no rabbits. And I was like, okay. And it was stuff like that. My nurse, God bless her soul. She is still alive, but God bless her. Um, She broke up a fight between me and an invisible man. There was like some guy I thought was talking shit to me. And she had like, she was like, there's nobody there. It was like all from morphine and all the shit you were on. It was just everything. And she goes, if you weren't in altitude and you didn't get on that plane, if you had stayed in Minneapolis, it would not have been as bad like at all. Like the altitude, and the plane kicked everything in tenfold. Are you glad it happened in a way? I know it sounds stupid. Yeah, of course. I mean, I am glad it happened. And, and it's weird because it's like a switch just kind of flips, you know, where it was like, oh, like I'm definitely, the, I mean, the same person, but it, you definitely have a different mindset, of course. You know, yeah, it was, yeah. it was nuts, dude. But you know, you just you live and you learn, and I don't look back on my life and I, you know, it's just regrets and stuff like, oh, I should, oh, I fucking, oh god, I just look back and I'm like, all right, well, here I am, and that was part of my <laughs> existence, you know. Did anybody visit you or? Yeah, of course. Besides your the bunnies and the family. Yeah, a couple more bunnies came by, and then a deer. And then a deer. Um, yeah, no, friends came by. It was really sweet, but they didn't want to get it all, all of it out there. So they, um, you know, only a handful of people really knew. Do you ever have this feeling of like, fuck, man, 
I've been drinking my whole life, on and off, but a lot of drinking. I like it. I'm a good drunk. I have fun. All these things. And I get a lot of material when I'm drunk, and then I write shit down. And now, were you scared that, oh, now I'm going to be boring? No, because I'm not boring. I know. But you might think, oh, shit, now I'm not drinking anymore. Well... (laughs) Um, yeah, no, that's a valid question. I I mean, I was kind of over that stuff anyway, because it was just like, I didn't want to keep talking about drinking, you know, and I was looking at my stuff and I'm like, oh, it's a lot of drinking material, which was fun. You know what I mean? But after a while, I'm like, okay, I did that. It's just like anybody. If you talk about, I mean, I still have diarrhea jokes. They're still funny. They're still funny. And I I have some new alcohol jokes and it's not like from experience, but I'm not one of those people that's now going to be. You know, pinchy about being sober and right, stuff right. like that. Not that that's bad, but it's just not my style. And I, I just don't regret it. I had a blast. I mean, I had so many stories. I had so many stories. I mean, it was oh, ridiculous. Yeah. I know those stories. I know oh, some. I've been there. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I was running around the country. I mean, I was, you know, people like, oh, don't you regret anything? And I'm like, no, I don't look look back and go like, oh, I wish I'd gotten drunk in San Diego. Like every city, I was like lit it up i had a blast what was and, it you know i might do a jaeger bomb when i'm 60 i don't know who cares <laughs> let's just put that down let's write that in the diary the <laughs> diarrhea yeah no, but is a joke about you know now being like a, the sober guy like the sober guy driving through a drive-thru i remember that joke how old is that joke where you're like oh no oh yeah that's one of my favorites yeah i closed i think my my special called taste it and uh that's one of my favorites about being the sober driver and everyone in your car is shit faced <laughs> and you have to go through a fast food drive through and get them food so they don't Order die. So you're just fielding orders for everybody that's hammered. Yeah, that's one of my favorite. I still tell that just I love that out joke. Of nostalgia. What do you want? Oh, I could just yeah. Is every joke different for you when you tell it? Do you always sort of improvise like you know the joke but you're gonna add this maybe a different effect yeah i'll add it or switch it up i mean if you see me live i sometimes i'll do older material if somebody yells something out i'll do it but for the most part i always try to do a new act when i tour for sure you know but every once in a while there's jokes that i like doing and sometimes people are like yeah i started shows great you did a couple of old things and i'm like yeah because i like them yeah and it's my show i mean obviously like i always like try to do as much new stuff but you know it's like a band it's like yeah, saw you perform Stairway to Heaven. It's an old one. Led Zeppelin's like, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> not that my not that my drinking jokes are tantamount to Stairway to Heaven, but yeah. So sometimes I don't know. It's fun to do old stuff. You know, I think also there's a stigma, sort of like I don't know if it's a stigma, but like when people like you that are your friends, do you get upset with them when they are like when people are like, hey, you know, uh, maybe you should stop drinking? Are you like, fuck them? I'm not going to hang out with them anymore. They're boring. Did you feel like you alienated people who were kind of called you out? No, I was never like that. I was just fucking chill as fuck. I was like, I always say like, um, I was, <laughs> I would just do whatever I wanted. And if people were on board, uh, cool. But if people were worried about me, I was never like, fuck you. You know, I was never <laughs> like that. I, it was funny when people would judge me sometimes where they'd be like, you know, you're a fucking mess. Who would say that? Well, I mean, I'm not going to say names, Mm. but... Does it rhyme with fade? No, no, no. Sometimes (laughs) he would, but no, but some people would be like, hey, you're a fucking mess. I'd be like, "Um, okay, you're on your second divorce and you owe me like 50 grand. Like, get your (laughs) shit together before you succumb at me, Judge Judy, you fucking dork. Fuck you. (laughs) So sometimes I would like snap, but... 
for the most part, I always like if people cared, it always meant something to me. It was never just who was the one. Did Sandler ever say anything? And was he ever was he the one you kind of like? Sandler was always he was always concerned for sure. Like, what would he say to you? Yeah, man, you no. He <laughs> would. would hold me. No, he would be like, "Hey, man, you're like you know, do you want to dial it down a little bit? You know, just you know, he would definitely be worried, but you know, I, you know, I would always take it and be like, okay. But at, at the end of the day, I'm living my life. You know what I mean? I'm going through my stuff. I don't like people judging what I'm going through and my process. I mean, granted, it for somebody who's really close to you, you know, it's it's hard to see somebody like drink that much. But I wouldn't get like smashed around him. I wouldn't, you know, my family and stuff like that. I would never. I would. For always, certain people, you wouldn't go there. Yeah, I wouldn't. You know, I I wasn't that reckless. Like. If I was going to get reckless, I, you know, I would be with people that, you know, like to drink a lot or it would be an occasion or something. But for the most part, I wouldn't drag anybody through it. Like I wouldn't show up and barf on a Christmas tree. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, I yeah. kept it together. Was there anybody, though, in your family that honestly it was almost like I think this could be almost like a, a funny show or something where it's the one guy who was just in the dark or maybe your mom or sister's like. Nick drinks, <laughs> you know, was there I anybody mean, that just didn't know that side about you? I'm trying to think. I don't think so. You gotta be one person who's just oblivious. Nick, why are you here? <laughs> I honestly can't name one. My first album was called party when I was 23. <laughs> right. But no, I, again, it, it was funny because if I was on one, it was a blast. So I, I remember this happened several times where I did a gig in Miami and I did one show and then I went back to my hotel and started drinking. And my buddy was opening up for me, one of my best friends. And uh, we started drinking. And we drank the next day. We drank the next day. We did, then we had a flight. And I'm like, let's just stay. And he's like, uh, all right. I'm like, yeah, I'll cover it. So we just stayed in Miami and just drank on the beach. How long? There's more to the story, Michael. Okay, I just thought. Okay. Yeah, you're getting, you've got ADD. I cut it in. Yeah, yeah. it's inappropriate. I'm inappropriate. Um, so we kept drinking. And then in like a week goes by uh -huh. and he's like, are we leaving? And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Just a couple more days, a couple more days, a couple more days, another week, a couple more days. And he goes, and we we're having a blast, dude. It was so fun. We're meeting people at the hotel, hotel drinking and airport drinking are two of my favorites, but hotel, I'm just meeting people from out of town there for a conference. You know what I mean? We're just, everyone's just ham town. It was fucking a blast. And so weeks go by and he goes, Hey, I, I've got to fucking go home. And I go, what? I go, we can still. And he's like, you can. But I goes, I've got like a job. I've got it. You know, like I can't. And so I was like, all right. So I like flew him home and stuff. And I just stayed for two more weeks. So I was there for over a month. How much money did you spend? I don't even know. But I just had a blast. And I just stayed for a month. Alone. You, Alone. Didn't, I would just, you didn't need anybody. No, I would just meet people. And I would hang out with like the bartender. Randos. Yeah, but it was so fun. I just have like. A lot of fun. People have drank with me. I just have. I have. A, yeah. It is fun. You know, somebody recognized me. They'd be like, are you Nick Swartz? I'm like, yeah. Like, ah, oh, big fan. I'm like, cool. Like, you want to do a shot? I'm like, yeah. And then we would just hang out. And now just what do you left. do? What? Now what do you do? Do you, you still go to bars? Yeah, I go to bars all the time. You're not going to be tempted. There's nothing that could tempt you now. Let's get a shot. No, because this is something that somebody told me where, and first of all, I'm not tempted. I, I just, I've been there, done that. You know what I mean? 
But someone's like, you know, if you do want a drink, ha- think about having a drink and then having another one. And then you'll feel good. And then you'll have another one. And then you'll have another one. And then you'll probably have a couple more. And the next day you're going to wake up and feel like shit. And you're going to have a headache. And you'll chug a little bit of water. But then you'll be like, oh, okay, I'll have a couple more. You know, and then it just goes into a cycle. And I'm like, oh, okay, yeah, that's what would probably happen. I wasn't, like, great at drinking, like, one day and then stopping. I think it has to do with probably, I mean, maybe not with you, but it's got to be self-loathing. Like, I have no control or I keep doing it. I know it's fun, but why can't I just stop this? Why, why do I need this? Why do I need, you know, to make every, be the, you know, because, dude, I've suffered from this, like, being the center of attention. Make everybody laugh. I got to please everybody. Everybody's got to have fun. I, I don't care about me as long as everybody's having fun. And when does that stop? You're like, you know what? I, I, you know, I just, I don't want, I can't do that anymore. I got to try to do it without this. So that's the new chapter, I guess, man. Not really, not for me. I was never like, I've got to be the life of the party. I was like, hey, I'm having a party. Does anybody want to come over? Hey, what's up? <laughs> and then we just hang. I was never that kind of guy. And I, and for the most part, I never drank when I filmed, like staunchly. I mean, you know, a couple times I would, but for the most part, I was. I've got a movie coming out in May with me and David Spade. And we shot in Hawaii and uh, I didn't drink at all. And people would drink on the weekends. People would drink all the time. And they're like, Hey, do you want to drink? And I'm like, no, I just, you know, people are like, how do you do that? I'm like, I don't, I don't want to. It was really all about what I wanted to do. If I wanted to drink, I would drink. What do you want to do now? I mean, now I'm just like excited about work. I'm wrote a TV show. I'm shooting a pilot episode that I'm funding myself in April Putting that together now, it's amazing. And I'm doing stand-up. I'm doing a new special. I'm talking about developing a movie with the director of Grandma's Boy. And uh, I'm just just all work. Nick? Nick? Yeah. Goosen. Oh, yeah, Nick Goosen. <laughs> huh? What? Yeah, yeah, you can finish the Sorry, last name. I just so I know my name's Nick, too. Nick, you're like, yeah? You fucking <laughs> asshole. <laughs> it's true. I looked at him, I go, Nick? And you're like, yeah? I'm like... No, it's like, yeah? Goosen. Oh. <laughs> but... <laughs> Even like the, another movie I have coming out in May. Me and Josh Demel, Libby Mon, Dak Shepard. You've worked with him before. You're doing Kevin Deported? Dillon. With who? What movie? Airplane Mode? What are you talking about? Do you have Tourette's Syndrome yeah, right now? Yeah, I think I do. I don't know what you're talking what about. What movies do you have coming so, out? I have The Wrong Missy and Buddy Games are coming out in May. And even Demel, who was directing the movie, like everybody was having cocktails on the weekends. And Josh was like having cocktails. He's like, how do you, you're just not drinking? And I'm like, no. I just, and you know, I just don't want to. I don't know. I've already said that, but. I don't think that's cool either when your friends around you're like going, dude, they should not. Nobody should be going, hey, man, you can't drink. We're like, come on, I can't one. No, people don't do that. It's not fucking high school. It's like, bro, what? No, it's like, oh, you're really not drinking? Because people just expect me to drink. So they're like, oh, you're not? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, all right. Well, that's kind of the same thing the way you said it. Well, oh, you're not no, drinking? Because they're just. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Well, no, they're just surprised as right, they should right, be. Right. People don't know that I don't drink when I film for the most part. And so they are they were just surprised. Like, oh, Nick Swartzen's not having a drink. And they're like, oh, all right. But nobody was like, dude, so fuck, such a bitch. You're a bitch. You're a bitch boy? <laughs> yeah, you're a bitch boy, huh? Yeah. You got pussy lip. No, nobody did that to me. You're playing one of these characters in a movie. Yeah, that'll be my next one. Pussy Lip. A musical. Inside of You is brought to you by CBDMD. Oh, man. You guys realize that uh, I can't go to my physical therapist. I can't go to yoga. I can't go to blah, 
Pilates. I know you guys can't go either. And you're just like, this is bull crap, man. And you're in pain and you're just stiffening up and your joints are swelling. But guess what? You could quarantine yourself with some CBDMD. Mm-hmm. That's what I do. Bath bombs. Just Rosen bomb bath bomb it up. I'm not even kidding you. Catch up on all those episodes of Inside of You that you missed, like on the YouTube. If you haven't watched them yet, you just put your little TV, little with some bath bomb CBD to keep you calm through it all. That's what you need. Wide range of superior CBD products ranging from bath bombs to sleep aids and even products for your stir-crazy pets like Blanche and Irv, my dogs. They got CBD stuff for them too. No matter what or who you're isolated with, CBDMD has something to help you all stay sane. And to make it even easier to fit CBDMD into your survival budget, folks, they're offering my listeners 25% off. 25% off when you use the code IOU at checkout. Once again, that's CBDMD.com, promo code IOU for 25% off your purchase of superior CBD oil products from CBDMD. I mean, you're busy as shit. You're yeah. more, don't you think you're more, way more productive? Than- no, I was always productive. I've created a show every year. I would write a pilot. That was one thing that was driving me nuts is I would t- create a show. And I would have it be amazing. It would be really funny. We'd have great producers, all these people. And it would go nowhere. And so the people out there that go like, oh, what's that guy doing? What's that guy up to? How come that guy doesn't work? It's like you don't understand behind the scenes. A lot of people are like busting their ass trying to get shit going. Dude. And you create stuff. And then the network's like, I don't get it. What is it? No, Always. we're good. What about that script and we it read? happens yeah. all the time. What about the script we read uh, that you wrote with uh, Danny McBride that I did table read? We thought we were going to start filming that. Yeah, we did a, a, basically a Grandma's Boy type it's show. Hilarious. Which was a video game office comedy, which is so funny. Danny McBride was producing it. For those of you out there, this is a script I wrote with Nick Goosen, who directed Grandma's Boy. Michael was going to be cast. Danny McBride was going to produce. And it was fucking hilarious. It was called Game On. Efren from Napoleon Dynamite was going to be in it. Yeah. We just everything. And they were like, eh, no. And we were like, what? And they passed on it. So it's like, even with all those elements, even back Doesn't in the matter. day, I, did, I did, wrote the show Gay Robot. It was on Comedy Central. They bought it. Adam Sandler's producing it. We filmed a pilot that you can find on YouTube. And Comedy Central was like, nah. And I was like, what? What's happening? To think of all the people that that happens to. How many hours? How many hours have you? I want to call it wasted, but put into something and all these projects, and nothing ever happened with them. No, how many and hours? People just kind of get it. <laughs> You're like, um, I got it. He gets it. Uh, Danny McBride gets it. Adam Sandler gets it. And <laughs> it's just like stuff like that. After a while, you're just like cocktails. Woo. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, I think people do that all the time. With I mean, dude, my dad still doesn't. You know, for him, it's like. Yeah, well, what are you doing? It's like, well, I, I don't know. I've worked hard as I could to write three things in the last two years that no one bought or someone bought and then we didn't make after four months of negotiations. I spent three years busting my ass for nothing. They don't see any of that. If they, you're either on the TV yeah. or you're not on the TV. Yeah, and when you're no, not on the bizarre. TV, you're not working. Well, that's why stand-up's great. And I always write and develop that because it's my control and I – do what I love. My fans are awesome. You got a new special? Yeah, I'm getting ready for that this year. What's it called? I can't announce that. I've got like all the artwork and stuff. I want to save that. It's really, it's really, I'm really excited. Where are you going to film it? I don't know yet. I'm, there's still a lot up in the air where I'm filming and uh, where it's going to be on, but um, it's coming out. It's, it's already coming together really well. How much time do you put in to your 
set like you have to have like an hour right an hour to do a special for the most part you want an hour it depends upon what format it's on because sometimes there's half hours like a half hour on netflix there's an hour on netflix there's an hour on comedy central which is actually 42 minutes there's you know that now there's like short form options where they're just showing 10 minute chunks so for the most part you want a new hour especially if you're touring and you're doing theaters and stuff so people are like paying good money to see like a fresh hour in my right. opinion and then However long that takes to develop an hour, I, I just want to make sure I'm happy with it. And how long does that happen? Because you go to you go to the improv. It takes a couple years. You go to the Laugh Factory on Sunset. You travel to the comedy store. You kind of do the circuit over and over every night, working on the same shit, adding yeah, to for, it. For the most part, yeah. You just want to build on it. And do you ever? Uh, who's the one? No. Who's Who's the one? Oh, sorry. What were we asking? Who's the one guy that you're like? I really want to know. I want his opinion means something. I want to know if he really thinks this is funny. Or do you not need that? You're like, I know it's funny. I do it sometimes, uh, but, I, but I know, you know, I've done this a lot. I've done this 25 years, so I know I'll think of something I'm like, oh, okay. But, I mean, the other night I was at the comedy store and I was backstage, and um, <laughs> I was with Bill Burr, and Bill's an old friend of mine, 20-plus years, and we were just sitting there catching up, and I go, hey, uh, I tried this bit last night. It didn't work. And he goes, what is it? <laughs> and uh, I told him the bit, and he goes, oh, fuck. Yeah, that didn't fucking work. And I was like, no. And I go, but I think I set it up wrong. And he's like, how'd you set it up? And I I can't remember what it was. And in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, I set it up wrong. And then just even talking about it with Bill. But then it made me feel, because I was like, it's good. It's funny, right? And he's like, yeah, it's a funny bit. And, and then I was Bill like, oh, okay, you. I'm not. Bill would have said, eh, it's not that funny. Well, yeah, he laughed. He was like, oh, yeah. So, you know, sometimes it's good to just go, like, I'm not crazy, right? <laughs> and then I realized just the technical setup of it. I, I didn't get into it right. Sometimes you overdo a setup where you talk too much and over, like there's just key words that I was like, Oh, I need to emphasize that and that cut it down. And then boom, before the last four months when you're going like do your sets, didn't you have a drink? I remember we'd have a drink, maybe a drink, maybe two drinks, something that, you know, take the edge off, go up there, be relaxed. But now you're not doing that. Right. So that's what I talk about. Changing the work, changing like how you approach no, but I've it. I've done stand up sober. I've done it drunk. I've done it. Yeah, I've done it every kind of way. But when I started stand-up, I wasn't shit-faced. You know what I mean? Right. So I spent years and years where I didn't drink at all. I mean, when I first started, I never drank at all, really. So it, w it wasn't weird to me where I needed to cut that edge. Do you still think there's uh do you still have... No! Do you still have... <laughs> you scared me. You scared Ryan. Yeah. Do you still get nervous? Do you still bomb? Do you still go, fuck, I ate it? Do you still... I mean, how do you rebound? How does that work? You don't really bomb because I've done this long enough where you don't really bomb. How do you not bomb? Because you're just that good? You're, you've been doing it so long well, that you just... I, I just... I don't know. I know how to get out of it. I mean, usually I, I just know what I'm doing. So even if something doesn't work, I'm like, all right, I'll try this or I'll try that. I, you know, it's not... It's never like... when I say like all the time. It's never... When I, <laughs> when I, when I bombed for the first time back in New York... I bombed. What year was that? Oh, 1998. I, I just tanked because I had, you need confidence and I was still nervous. And so when it started to bomb, I was like, oh, and I got booed off. Like, mm. they're like, boo. Yeah. Boo. It was in New York. So I cut my teeth there. Thank God. So when I started in Minnesota, it was like, all right, yay. Everything. That's it was like be. so hard to bomb because they're so polite. Nice. Is, is it hard to get back on stage after you bomb like it's that? It's really hard. When you're that young and that new, it is jarring. Because I was going up 
multiple times a night. And then when that happened, I took like five days off or I, w- I was shell shocked. Could you have actually gone in the other direction and say, I'm done? No, you you just get, you get addicted to doing standup. Like once you, once you do it, you can't do anything else. It's not something that when people always ask me like, how do I do standup? I want to get into it. I want to do this. It's like, okay, well <laughs> be prepared to eat shit. Well, be prepared to like bomb, be prepared to go through a roller coaster of, you know, it looks easy and it's really not. So it's like, I'm always really honest with people. It's really hard. When I started, you know, it's a little easier now because you've got social media and you've got the internet and stuff like that. So you can post clips on YouTube. You can post stuff on your Instagram. You can do all that stuff. I mean, when I started, it was like you were doing the road. You were getting in your car, driving to a bar in butt fuck nowhere for a hundred bucks flappers no not even less that. than flappers no it'd be like gary's basement jamboree and then you were in some fucking basement gary's got a fucking paintball gun pointed at your fucking cunt god no but you no know, you would travel around and if you ate shit you just had to tough it out it was not there's nothing you could do there were barely even cell phones then <laughs> so yeah, it was it was tough, dude. I mean, I was sleeping in my car. I was sleeping anywhere I could. Sleeping bushes. Come on, yeah. no one sleeps in a bush. I slept in a bush. That's a story I've told before. Who's bush. Ayo. Ayo. No, I was in San Francisco and I drove from Minnesota. And my car broke down, and I slept in my car. Then my car got towed, and then I would bounce around. I didn't really know any comics, but I'd bounce around on couches, and then finally they were just kind of like, "All right, my car. I could I couldn't afford to fly home." So I just walked into a park and I was like, all right, I have to sleep here. And I slept in a park. <laughs> it was fucking That's awful. Sad. Yeah, I mean, I was like 19. So you, you're Who's 19, the, you just don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. I had a fake ID, so I just get drunk and pass out. Who's the one guy that you really think is just fucking funny? Like n- somebody new that you're like, or in the last couple of years, like, you're like, that, that, that guy makes me laugh or that woman makes me laugh a lot. I don't know what it is. It's just the delivery. That's something special. Because you don't seem like a guy that cracks up from other people's shit a lot. You're probably doing your own thing. You've heard it all in a way. Whose delivery if is I, it? It's rare when you really laugh at something. It's really hard because I, you've watched so much comedy. And it pisses people off in social situations. Sure. So if you're with like a group of people and somebody says something and everyone's laughing. And in my head I'm like, oh, that's funny. But I don't like laugh. And then they're like, oh, what? oh sorry, sorry, I'm not a professional comedian. Oh, that wasn't <laughs> funny enough for you. And I'm like, oh, no, it was funny. And I'm like, oh, yeah, you didn't laugh. And I'm like, yeah, I don't. I'm, <laughs> I don't laugh anymore. Don't. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I've done, I'm done laughing. Well, Harlan, what is your name? Our buddy Harlan Williams has a, uh, he, well, he had a manager who died. But Harlan, I guess he had heard everything. He wasn't being a dick, but Harlan would pitch. Yeah, so he's pitching him something. He's like, yeah, so anyway, at the end, the guy fucking falls down a shithole and breaks his ankle and is like hey time's up god and he pitches this pitch and the guy his manager looks at him and goes i'm on the floor and harlan goes i don't i don't get it you, you don't think it's funny he's like i'm on the floor harlan no i thought it was funny i'm on the floor he just didn't laugh the guy just didn't laugh for whatever reason straight faced i'm on the floor how could you possibly? Oh my gosh! Well, in a way, it's kind of like you. Like that, you didn't think that was funny? No, no, I thought it was funny. I just didn't laugh. Yeah, but I'll think something's brilliant. I'll watch stuff. Where I'm like, oh, that's really funny. So who is it? I mean, I don't really keep up with it because I don't watch comedy. So it's like, 
I don't set out to watch stand up. You know, I, I I really just can't watch it. The last thing I watched was Chappelle Sticks and Stones, and you know, I thought I thought that, I I loved it. I thought it was amazing, and you know, there, I mean, there's guys that are you, there's people, women, there, yeah, there's people are funny, of course. It's especially hard not to laugh at your. Like, obviously, you love Sandler, you love Spade, you love all these guys, Schneider, that you do, it right? So is it hard to, like, do you still think they're funny when they're on stage? Do you still think their jokes are funny? You're like, I yeah, love you, but I'll I know. Still, I'll still laugh. Yeah, for sure. Like, what's the one thing that Spade does? Like, his his gimmick, whatever it is that you go. That... He has his things that always make me laugh. What I'm is like, it? Ugh. What is it? I'm not going to, like, point out Spade's stuff. But what's the one thing that. It's the one, what's what's the, the one thing that you like that Spade does? That The one thing that he's. That gets you. I like, um, and I've always liked this. I like asides when something's not planned and they comment on how the reaction was or it's something really organic. I always like that in movies too, where you can tell it's not scripted because I improvise a lot. It's like Reno 911 was all improvised. Everything I do, I like to improvise. Right. So if there's something that's just clearly, and I can tell if it's just organically like, you know, they'll be like, ah, blah, blah, blah. Right. That happened. <laughs> <laughs> so that little moment. Yeah, those kind of things, like, those make me laugh. I said, like, so somebody, <laughs> So somebody's just sitting there ripping, ripping. All right, that shit, the bed. You know, yesterday I was. Yeah, uh, or just even a line that's organic that's just part of the, the scene where you just clearly, they can, you can tell. I, I would always crack up on Grandma's Boy because we would make up so much stuff and we would do stuff on the fly where I would throw stuff out at Joel David Moore, who played JP, who was like the robot guy. And I would always throw stuff out at him, and I couldn't be in any scenes. I would laugh immediately because his voice was so funny. That was one of the hardest. It was. That was really hard to keep a straight face. And Kevin Nealon and Bucky Larson, <laughs> there was a scene we could not get the through. The hotel to, room? It was the apartment. Apartment, yeah. And we couldn't get through it, and people were – and uh, any actor or comedian knows this. If you're in a scene and you're laughing and you get yelled at, it makes it worse because – now you're conscious of it, and then oh, now yeah. you can't stop laughing. If you're in a scene with a buddy, and Reno 911, my goal as Terry was to say the most outlandish stuff I could to get them to break, to make them laugh. So I was always would just rack my brain for Terry insanity, and it, it was great that I, I I would get them to break. Are you going a back? Handful of times. Are you going back? Because um, they're having that whole reunion thing or whatever. Because every show's doing it, and Reno 911 supposedly. So why wouldn't they ask you back? That'd be kind. Would you do it? I'm not going back to Reno 911. Okay. They, they asked me and I thought about it and I just, I love them and I love the show, but I just, I spent my time as Terry and the the character had come full circle with the end of, with the movie and everything. And I just, it was just something I, I want to just move on, you know, and go forward and I'm developing this new show and, uh, you know, I love Terry, but it was just something, it was really a hard choice. It wasn't an easy choice, right. but. I'm not coming back. You know what I understand, I notice about you is when you are in like you know all these shows because I did Typical Rick, I did this other show you did. I forgot what it was called. It was called uh, Pretend Time. Pretend Time with Nick Swartzen. So you always invite me to do stuff, and I love it. I love playing with you. But what I do notice on set is, as I don't know, lack of a better word, like malleable as you are, right. and like you can just kind of do shit off the cuff. There is an intensity that I don't see in real life with you. Right. And I notice that other people notice that are working with you. That's just very like, all right, we got to get it done. Let's go. We got to get this done. Let's go. Come on. Let's go. Like, like there's a, there's a certain rap. There's just an intensity. That I'm like, oh, Swartzland. You're right. You're just, it, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. It's a 
focus, work. I want this to be right. I want to do it now. I just noticed it about you. Yeah. It's a very control thing. With stand-up, I'm really controlling of what I do, you know? And uh, even though it's loose and stuff, but when you're filming a movie or anything, especially if I've written it, and I my words, I just know how to execute a joke. So I, I will be, like, really staunch about something like that. If we're behind schedule, I want to keep it on schedule, too, yeah. for sure. But I want to get it right. So I'll know... You know, I'll be like, no, 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 deliver it like this. No, 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 you're too hard on that word. No, 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 just say it. No, throw it away. Don't put emphasis, just blah, 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 blah. You know, so I get, and people are like, oh, all right. You're not mad. You're just like, no, this is No, I don't get mad. Right. I'm just like, no, this is how you do it, you know? Yeah. Like, this new pilot is really great. I'm really excited. And I'm funding it out of my own money. I'm just like, I'm just going to shoot this. How much? We don't know yet. I mean, it's going to, I don't know. It's not like crazy is money. Is it a half hour kind of uh It's 15 cam? minutes, so it's like a presentation. So for people watching... I can't say the cast yet because they're not locked down. Yeah. But we're talking to some really great comments. I haven't signed my contract yet. You're playing the elder. Okay, so this is coming. You're putting your own money into this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm doing that. It's the director of Grandma's Boy, the line producer who did the movie Peanut Butter Falcon, which is amazing. Loved. And I want to just shoot on my own because I'm tired of waiting for people. I'm tired of people telling me what to do, what's funny. And so I'm just like, I'll just pay for it. So we're shooting it in April, and we're really excited. I love it. And I just, I want all control of just like, this is exactly how it should be executed. When you're just an actor on a set, much laid back, more laid back, do whatever, fun, laugh, and do whatever. When you're in control, when you're a creator, when you're a writer, you're more, hey, let's go. Would you say yeah, that's true? Yeah, I mean, I've produced a lot of movies with Sandler, and he gives me a lot of free reign to be like, you know, chime in if you have anything. But if I'm just an actor for hire on a movie, it's fun. It's fun. It's a. It's kind of a release. But I'll yeah. watch somebody and be like, I don't think he did that right. <laughs> like in my head, right? Right. I'd be like, that delivery wasn't how the line should be. But okay. Because you were like, I mean, back in the day, it wasn't a huge movie. But you were like, really. First of all, you weren't drinking at all. Not once. Where on the set in Indiana when we filmed? Oh, back in the day. Back in the day. And when you were working, I mean, if that scene in the car. Right. It's fucking, I love that scene so much. Well, it's, it's not just because I, di I directed the movie, but you're so intense and real, and, like, you can see the sweat and, like, the emotion. And I'm like, and you were so easy to fucking work with. It was just like, there were some pains in the asses. But for me, you were like, what do you want me to do? I remember your knees were hurting in that little fucking car, and you're supposed to be yeah, it was super having awkward. sex with, you know. Pregnant Liz. Pr pregnant Liz. And it was just like, you were just right there. You were, it wasn't. And that's hard, especially as a first-time director of a feature. And I was like, I didn't have much time. But on the other side, you just being an actor, awesome. It was awesome to have a pro that's done this. Right. You know and I mean? also respect other people's time and energy. So what you were going through, I was just like, I'm here for you. So whatever you need from me. Yeah, I felt that. Like, just let me know. You know, I'm not going to hold anything up. I've never had an ego. I'm never, I, I'm not even about that. I'm just about the work and like. Okay, whatever you need for me, I'm I'm here for you. So, that's really important. How upset were you that uh, Sandler didn't get a Oscar nod for uh, Uncut Gems? Honestly, as a, did it bother you at all? It didn't really bother me. I thought he was great, and I thought it'd been awesome if he did. But I mean, some stuff like that, it's like he it doesn't take away from what he did. You know, he he was great. It's on film forever. Yeah. You know, you don't need that you don't need that so to me it was kind of like yeah it was yeah it would have been it would have been awesome 
but he he yeah. was great. So it's like nobody takes that away. And look, I'm not saying this because of anything other than I watched it and I just thought out of all the performances and I was like, wow, great. Oh yeah, he was good. Yeah. That was the one performance that I just I looked at and I go, I couldn't I couldn't imagine doing that. I, I don't know how he did that. The, yeah. The, 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 he was so fucking quick. The lines, the, just speed of yeah, light. That was so a many different directions that his characters are going on the phone like Tell me, oh, 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 oh. Let him, let him in. Go, let him in. Don't let him fucking keep him there. Yeah, yeah. No, Doc is. How's it going? But the way he, I was blown away. I thought. Yeah. In fact, I was betting on him to probably win the Oscar or maybe Joaquin because it was like maybe the movie wasn't everybody's whatever. Right. It was an intense movie. I thought Uncut Jim's was hard to watch. It was Ge- fucking intense. So intense that you have to watch it once, but you're like, oh, I don't know if I can watch it again. And it, watch it in the theater because it's uh, it takes you over. Where I texted Sam, I was like, dude, I had a major anxiety. Oh my god. Yeah. No, he was he was great, and that the movie just the whole thing is such an experience. Yeah. And it's really out of his wheelhouse. I mean, it was just like, whoa. Garnett, I mean, Garnett, it was... Garnett, I was just going to say. Garnett was great. Garnett was fantastic. But yeah, I mean, awards are like... like the, Grammy, the Grammys just happened. I, don't and watch, the I never watched them. Uh, I, I don't even go on social media that much, but when I checked it and people are outraged about so-and-so not winning or so-and-so... It's like, you guys, I mean, just let, let your work just be your work, you know? People love you and come on. Nick Swartzen said, my sister just asked me if I wanted to do an escape room. Every room over the holidays with my family was an escape room, so I'm good. <laughs> it's, a, it's one of my favorites. That's the, decent. That's decent. That's that decent. was a tweet I did. It was, it, was it a tweet? I thought maybe it was one of your lines in a show. No, it was a tweet, I think. Yeah, it was. This is I called, love my family, so I, that was, it was a... I still want you to think about the one family member that just... You drink? I never knew that. <laughs> one of <laughs> that's my, just a funny short. I'll tell you one of my favorite moments. My sister's wedding, which... Her first wedding... <laughs> Which was such a hot mess. So I, it was in Florida on the beach, and I flew in a couple days early, me and my brother, and we just started drinking, and I was a tornado. I'm in the wedding. I'm I'm about 24 years old, and I'm in the wedding. Um, just Just to sum it up quickly, I forgot to bring my suit, so I had no suit. I was in the wedding party. Forgot my suit. She's like, you don't have a suit? I'm like, no, can I borrow one? She's like, what? I go to go buy one. There's no suit store on this like island. So then um, I I run down the street. I had written suck it on my chest in a permanent marker. Of course. And I was walking around shirtless and thought it was super funny. And then uh, that's how I met her in-laws. So they were like, who the fuck is this? And I was all shit-faced. I'm like, this is funny. Not funny. Then I miss. So the trolley's going to the wedding. And I pass the trolley on a moped going to the beach as they're going to the wedding. And they're like, Nick, what What the fuck? Then I was like, oh, shit, is that today? Seriously. Turned around, had to borrow a suit from somebody that didn't even fit me. Somebody had an extra suit, thank God. So I'm wearing this awkward suit. I get fired from being an usher. Then I go to the, <laughs> the Wait, reception. What? Yeah, she was like, no, this is ridiculous. I'm just sweating at this wedding. And then I start smoking and like <laughs> fucking reception it was just it was a hot mess and then so my grandma i was drinking white russians at the time so i was a big lebowski fan so i'm drinking white russians and uh my grandmother god rest her soul she goes nicholas can you make me a white russian and i go yeah of course and she took a sip of mine which was strong as fuck and so i made her one not nearly as strong she took a sip she goes nicholas and i go what and she goes 
make me one like yours. And I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Forgot you were in a, a couple wars. And you're just, Grandma, you were, you know what you're doing. So I, I pulled her a step on. She's like, that's right. That is nice. I forgot I had your blood. Yeah. She was like, what? Okay, guy. Been drinking longer than you have. <laughs> I remember all the time growing up, too, she was ripped Manhattans and all that stuff. Did you, did you, and I was sitting there like, I don't know if she can handle my cocktail. Whose wedding was that, by the way? My sister's. Now, does your sister still talk about that wedding? Is she still married to the same guy? No, she was she's uh, twice divorced. Twice divorced. Twice. But, um, yeah, no, she'll bring it up sometimes, but. You know. Do you remember how fucked I'm up so, you were? Yeah. How many times have you heard that? Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, when I went, I just went home for the holidays to Minnesota, and I drank a lot there this summer. And I was like, "Yeah, I, I'm not drinking." And people are like, "Oh, good." <laughs> it wasn't like <laughs> what? <laughs> and they were like, they weren't like good, but they're like, "Oh yeah, you needed a time out." I'm like, "Why?" And they're like, "Dude." You know, like you were smart. You know what it's going to be now? Now it's going to be, God, do you remember how sober you were last Christmas? God, (laughs) you were so sober. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was sober. Of course I remember that. Yeah. Nick Swartz, and this is called Shit Talking with Rosenbaum. These are questions from fans. Real quick, uh, my patrons here. Good old Jason says, what inspired you to become a comedian and or actor? Quickly, you could say it. Um, What inspired me to be a comedian and actor? There really was no inspiration. It was... I went to rehab when I was 16 for drugs. I got caught smoking a blunt in high school in the middle of class in the middle during school. And then I was arrested with me and my friends. We had court ordered rehab. So I had to dry out back then. I don't do any drugs anymore. And I took acting to get an easy grade and I took theater. I was like, my GPA was diarrhea. And so I took acting and then the teacher was like, Whoa, she's like, you have a gift. Like this isn't, just a class. And so she advanced me. Long story short, I just, I, it took away my addiction. I just became addicted to comedy and acting. So that was kind of my weird inspiration was I just became obsessed with it and just threw myself into it. I threw myself into everything. All this acting, all these plays, different theater companies, improv, and started stand up out of high school. And I just committed my life to it. All from one go, let's get a free A. Let's just take yeah, it down. Literally. By, yeah. by chance. Yeah, and then the more research I did, right. the more I studied acting and comedy and stand-up and everything. And then I then I became an aficionado and just became obsessed with it, and I loved it. Sophie, who are the top three comedians you admire? You could take Sandler off there, cause, or, or maybe the people you know. But who are the top? Who are the top comedians I admire? Um, Can I guess? I would say I, Richard Pryor. Don't put names in my mouth. Sorry. This is a question for me. You're such a fucking attention whore. I told you that. so weird. You panic. I told you. If you don't get enough attention, you get a weird thing. That's what happens. God, your first podcast, you're the fucking micro machine, man. That's a dated reference. You're a fucking auctioneer. Well, you were an alcoholic. I was like, yeah, but I learned to respect (laughs) talking to people. Well, you know, I was just trying to move things along. Trying to move things along. Yeah, you're a real speed Sophie, demon who are now. The three comedians. Now you're made out of fucking mayonnaise. <laughs> who are the three comedians you admire besides Pryor? Uh, Richard Pryor. Um, I, I would say Sandler. I would say that just because of his work ethic and how he juggles being such a giant star and a family man and having such passion for what he does, even at this point. Um, it's just been, I've had front row seats to it, working with him and him being such a great friend. I've seen it. 
So I really admire him. Um, not David Spade. Um, I don't know. I, prior for sure. Anybody that came out of was able to turn pain into comedy. I, I admire across the board. I mean, it's comedians that have gone just through all those older comedians that went through that of just and you know contemporary too but turning pain into comedy it, it, i admire across the board of just that's fucking really hard comedy's hard alone but to you know turn the corner like that i hmm. admire surprised eddie murphy wasn't on there angie asks will we see i an- brought in it to a lot of comedians i'm not just gonna I boil know. it down to three people will we see a netflix special from you this year it might be Netflix, but you'll see a special from me this year. Andrew C. and Raj, what is the best back and forth you have ever had with a heckler during a stand-up set? The hecklers usually are just hammered, and they they just... God, that's a good question, but I'm trying to think of a great... A great one. Ugh. A lot, of them, a lot of them are so in the moment that you, I don't even really remember them, but I remember a lot of back and forth where... Um, Oh God! Sorry, I'm dropping the ball on it. Whoever asked this question, but I can't think of one specifically. Come, we'll come back to it. Okay, Danny, what single comedy bit has made you laugh the hardest? Me or somebody else? Well, if it's somebody else, I would say Charlie Chaplin's "A Night in the Show." It's an old sketch. He did a lot of shorts before he became a huge movie icon star. And he had a short called A Night in the Show. And it is still, I was obsessed with Charlie Chaplin. I would watch everything. If you really want to see just pure genius, there's no, really, in my opinion, nobody better overall uh, on planet Earth than Charlie Chaplin. And A Night in the Show, he plays two characters, the performer and the heckler. And it is fucking piss your pants, I think, hilarious. Because he plays this drunk heckler. And there's a scene where he has a fire hose. And this is back in the day when there was nobody really regulating the fire hose or what the pressure was like or what was going to happen. So he, I'm not going to say anything else, but he just Don't brings a fire hose into the scene and it is chaos ensues and he still has to hold it together. Lucas M. This is a serious question. So you're going to have to answer this honestly and be honest. Will the fart jokes ever end? I don't even know how to answer that. I don't know where my comedy will take me. So I don't think so. It's not a conscious choice, but I have a question for you, Lucas. Will farting ever end? I thought you were going to say, do we need oxygen to breathe? Will we always need oxygen? Because the answer is right back to your attention. They will never end. You needed your moment there. Shut up. God, Christopher talking over here. Jesus. You guys know peppermint chatty. Tommy, take a while. Jerry W., favorite director to work with and why? I would probably, I mean, it's a given, but I'd probably say Nick Goosen because I know it's going to look, I mean, I respect to all my directors, but uh, Goosen, I, I know it's going to look great because he's really great on a budget. Like he can take a $500 idea, a $5,000 idea of Grandma's Boy, which is five million dollars and he can make it look like a billion dollars so i I just trust him he trusts me with the comedy and i trust him with how it's gonna look lisa having worked falcon crest i just tried to guess the answer what's the question am i right 
How, well, let's see. Having worked as a writer, producer, and actor in many shows and movies, and also have as a touring, touring comedian, touring, which type of work do you prefer? Falcon Crest. Falcon Being Crest. Falcon. It does kind of fit. Yeah. Hollywood life or the touring comic life? Um, that's a question that people wonder where it, they're so different. So a touring comedian is exhausting, exhilarating, crazy. Um, again, it goes back to it's great because I have control. I'm I'm the show. My fans are awesome. It's an immediate response. It's a great bonding experience. It's just fun. And Hollywood's shooting stuff is great too because if you're lucky enough to have control over the dialogue, some seeing something that you wrote and casting it and seeing people deliver it and execute it is such a great experience that's unique unto itself. I mean. Just imagine writing something and had seeing people like read your words and stuff like that. It's really trippy and it's really cool. And also being in a scene with great actors. I've been in scenes with so many people that it's like, it's insane. I mean, I'm working with just the comedy alone, Sandler and Spade and Schneider and Norm and, you know, Blades of Glory, 30 Minutes or Less with Danny McBride. I mean, all it's just so fun. What's the most you've ever gotten paid for one night of stand-up? For one night. How many people were there? And what's the most you made? 500 boxes of Fruit Loops. Boop, boop. They brought... I'm not going to say how much I've gotten paid. Why is that rude to ask that? Yeah, it's a rude question. Is that just a terrible question? It's not terrible, but it's, you know. You kind of wanted to answer it, though, a little bit. No, I, people ask me that question. It's, what's this the, is my first interview. What's the, did anyone. Fucking, did are you the lead singer of Talking Heads? Did, did anyone uh, ever ask you to, did anyone not pay you? They owed you money to do stand-up and they didn't pay you. No, I got threatened to not get paid because I was late when I was first starting. And I was doing uh, a gig in New York and I was a little late. And this guy was like really mad. And he's like, I don't want to fucking pay you because we're late, but my wife's cool, so I'm going to pay you. And I'm like, all right, sorry. I was 19 from Minnesota. I go, I missed the train. I didn't know what I was doing. He's like, I don't fucking care. He's like, here's your money, but I don't want to pay you. My wife's cool. And I'm like, tell your wife, thank you. He's like, fuck you. I don't believe half of that. No, that's true, actually. Really, He was really angry. Yeah, he was like really mad. I was, And I was like clearly like young. I was just like, just moved to New York. I didn't know how trains work, but that was the only time. Dude, I love you, man. This is honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm super proud of you. I think, I mean, it's just awesome that you, you have your shit together. That you just, you know, you went through a lot, and I, and I love seeing you back on top. I love seeing you keeping busy, and, and the fact that you stopped drinking and stuff. Hey, it's your, cho- your choice, and it's a health thing. And you had a wake up call, and you don't need it anymore, and that's it. Yeah, it's it, it is. It's awesome. I feel great. And for those of you listening out there, it really is. You have to make the choice. You have to really want to do it. You know what I mean? You have to go like, okay, enough is enough. And you're going to hit a wall. You know what I mean? It's That's one of the things if you're a drinker, drinker. Like I was a drinker, drinker. I mean, serious. And a lot of my friends were too. And it's, you're physically going to hit a wall. And it fucking sucks. I mean, being in the ER, it was, I remember it was just hell on earth. Tubes everywhere. It was so much pain. It was just nonstop taking blood, monitors, just everything. And it it was just, I was like, oh, my God. And I had had a blast up until then, you know. So just so you know, just if you need to, however you want to do it, what your process is. But, you know, just know that just you have to make that choice. And if you need help, 
you know, just ask somebody, you know, reach out and people will help you. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm not going to get preachy, but no, you don't have to. I think it's I think people hearing you say that and you've gone, you've gone through it. You've seen friends. I've die. gone through you, it. You just, I've been there, done that. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I don't know. Ryan. Yeah. What? What do you want? <laughs> I'm just, it, uh, <laughs> I had something else I was going to ask you. Can't remember it. Is my real name Gary? Was that the question? No, let me think. I about feel it. like it was. Oh, for those of you wondering about the new show I'm working on, it's called Boo. And it's about two sons of a world famous ghost hunter that don't have their shit together. And they can't, until they confront their own demons, they can't be as good as their dad. And it's a, it's like the Conjuring meets Step Brothers. I love that. It's actually. fucking amazing. It's amazing. The Conjuring meets Step Brothers. I know what I was going to say. A lot of comedians, you always hear comedians hate themselves. They just, they, they do drugs. They all, you know, they die. They all, they hear all the horrible things. It's the worst thing. You have to really hate yourself to be a stand-up comedian. All these things. Do you look in the mirror? Are you someone who honestly can say, I love you, Nick, or I like you, Nick, or Nick, I'm working on it. That's such a therapy question. Well, Good I think it's a, I think it's an honest question. Are you so corny weaver right now? I'm so corny so weaver. Corny. I think it's important. I mean, I'd be like, what's up? Something there. But do you like do you like yourself? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I do. That's really all the question. We could just we we could just use that. Did you like you like yourself? That's I, I like myself. Do you love yourself? Sure. That's dude. I don't think a lot of people do. Yeah, I mean it's a weighted question. I mean, sometimes if I rip some beef, I don't. Look how I just went right to a fart joke. Um, yeah, I do love myself. And I do like myself. Sometimes I'm like, meh, all right, guy. <laughs> all right, guy. Yeah. I think that's fair. I think that's more like, hey, I like myself sometimes. And sometimes I'm like, fuck, man. How do you, you got to get better than that, dude. You got to be better than that. Yeah. You got to be better than that, man. Do you want to? Oh, yeah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna get you out of here. I'm gonna take some pictures with you. Thanks for allowing me to be inside of you. Of course. Thank you for allowing me to be inside. Of you. Nick, say hello to the fans. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thanks a lot for listening to me blabber mouth. Dude, it's awesome. Take care. Well, how about that? Two guests in a row that both went to a wellness center. It's something I can relate to because I went, and it both helped them out tremendously. And these are guys that. You know, I'm not going on wellness. I'm not, people are always too good for everything. And, you know, they, I think it's just when you, when you can be vulnerable, when you can just say, this is what I'm, this is how I'm feeling. I don't care what people think. This is me. I'm a mess. I'm a beautiful mess. I think there's an awesomeness to that where people can, well, they embrace it. Look at Robert Downey Jr. God damn. Has there ever been anyone a bigger mess than him and now a bigger star? Because somehow people were just like, God, I wish that guy would get his shit together. And I gave him chance after chance after chance. I mean, this guy was just blowing it. And they saw him back on top. I'm not saying that that's the way to go. I'm just saying it when you're vulnerable. Although I think he was just getting caught doing stupid shit. I don't know how vulnerable he was. Anyway. And now let's give a shout out to my top tier patrons. You guys on Patreon are, are so wonderful. And let me give you your shout out. I've messaged each and every one of you. You've all got messages from me. It's me. You know it's me. The way I talk. How can anybody else talk like that? Allison L, Andrew C, Angelina G, Barry I, Bob B, Bortex, Brian H, Chris, CJP, Dion K, Emily F, Emily S, 
Hamza B, Jason D, Jason W, Jennifer S, J- Jerry W, Jill E, Joshua D, Kevin R, Kimberly E, Lauren G, Leah S, Leah, Mark A, Melissa R, Michael S, Nancy D, Neil W, you newcomer, you, Nico P, I love you, I love Zach, I love your family, you're amazing, you know this, I just talked to you. Thank you for the help on the you-know-what. Raj, I love you, Raj. Robert B., my man, Rocks Raccoon. You're new. You're new, Rocks Raccoon. Samantha M., Sarah V., Sean V., Stacy B., Tiana, Trisha, Vanessa in the sky, and Yukiko. Thanks for all the support. Make sure you uh, follow us, uh, our handle, um, inside of you, uh, at Inside of You Podcast, at Inside of You Pod, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Um, follow us on Facebook. I'm doing the Instagram Lives, folks, the Facebook Lives, trying to entertain you while you entertain me. I love talking to you. Join Patreon if you're so inclined. Help the show out. Uh, help a charity. More importantly, Ronald McDonald House, Echoes of Hope for Foster Youth, um, foodonfoot.org. I'm a part of it, club member. Tell them I sent you. Um, there's a lot of love in this world. Don't forget it. You're loved. We're all loved. We've got a groovy kind of love. Thank you for allowing me to be inside of you. Thank you. I hope you enjoyed today's episode with Nick Swartzen. And uh, that's about it. I did it by myself. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.